The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 106. With a 38% grade, Baldwin Street in Dunedin, New Zealand is the steepest street in the world. Imagine trying to get a camper van up that thing. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and whether this is your first time joining us or whether you have been with us since the very beginning, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in today and an extra special thank you to anyone from last week who helped us hit the top 100 podcast on iTunes. If you didn't hear me last week, I was imploring you to help us break into the top 100 podcasts on iTunes in the world. And to do that, I was asking you to subscribe to Extra Pack of Peanuts on iTunes. Not only did we break into the top 100, we actually hit number 60. So thank you guys so much. I cannot believe it. The number 60th rated podcast in the entire world on iTunes. It literally is a dream come true. I thank you guys so much for the support. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the show, you can help us keep that lofty perch in the top 100 by going to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash iTunes. That will show you exactly how you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. So if you like it, please help others find it as well by subscribing to it on iTunes. Thank you so much for that. Also, another way that you can help us make this show as best as it possibly can be is by filling out our survey. We are currently running a survey right now. You can find it at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey. And we are also giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to one lucky person who fills out that survey. It'll take you less than five minutes, but the information is invaluable to us so that we can figure out what you guys want to hear, what shows you like, what guests you want on, how we can do things better. So you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey, fill that out. You'll have a chance at winning a $50 Amazon gift card. And we've already been having a bunch of people fill out the survey. And one of the themes that is coming up throughout the surveys is that you want to hear success stories of other Extra Pack of Peanuts listeners and readers. And you've been telling me that you want to hear success stories of people like you, not just me telling you the travels that I do, but other people who started at nothing, who started reading Extra Pack of Peanuts, who started listening to the podcast, and where they are now. And I could not think of a better person to get on than Tiffany Noro and her husband, Chris Gibson. And they were people who came through our very first frequent flyer boot camp about a year and a half ago. And coincidentally enough, we are actually running a frequent fire boot camp right now. Registration is open for boot camp. So if you are interested in the stuff that we talk about in this podcast and how you can start earning frequent fire miles, how you can travel around the world for basically free. And Tiffany and Chris in this interview will give you some of the examples that they've been able to do based on miles and how they've been able to travel around the world. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash FF bootcamp. If you sign up through that link, because you're a podcast listener, you will actually get a special audio file made just for podcast listeners who sign up for Frequent Fire Bootcamp. So you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash FF Bootcamp. Registration is open only to the first 30 people. And we do think it's going to sell out. So if you are interested, make sure to head over there as soon as you listen to this podcast, see if spots are still open and sign up for Bootcamp. This is the second part of the interview with Tiffany and Chris. So if you missed the first episode, they talk about the planning stages of their trip. They talk about finding jobs and figuring out how they were going to become location independent and also all the pre-trip stuff they had to do to figure out before leaving. And what I love about this two-part episode is that we are really creating a roadmap for other people who want to do this exact same thing. So Tiffany and Chris right now are with me in Chiang Mai 
and they are on a round-the-world honeymoon. So if you missed the first episode, you want to go find that. You can get that at extrapackofpants.com slash pods. Of course, you can find that on iTunes. And in today's second episode, they're now going to jump into how they're traveling in a way that allows them to afford to travel for a whole entire year. What are the ways that they are able to continue to travel more and spend less? How they've used frequent flyer miles and their knowledge that they learned in frequent fire boot camp to score tickets to hard-to-get places like Fiji and New Zealand. They give us some advice on how to rent camper vans in New Zealand. They talk about where they've been, where they might be going. And of course, they also share two major mishaps that they've already had in their first four months. So let's jump right in now to part two of my interview with Tiffany Nora and Chris Gibson, our first Extra Pack of Peanuts success story. So let's dive then into the whole traveling thing. We've we talked a little bit about your itinerary, but you guys have done, you have taught me quite a lot of things now about traveling and like... Have we? <laughs> yeah, about doing it cheap and figuring stuff out because I think, you know, the world changes quickly. Like we were in Thailand three years ago, the last time we were there, but you know, we came here and you guys already have stuff set up. We came to the same quote unquote resort <laughs> as you guys because you're already here and we didn't have to worry about getting a a room. We just said, hey, we're going to show up there. But let's talk about the traveling and, and some of the stuff you've been able to do to save money when traveling so that you can continue to travel. Because as we mentioned, you're on a budget, you know, you're working while you're doing it, but you're not going, you don't have a, didn't save a ton of money before you left or anything like that. So you need to basically keep your budget in line with what you're making. Yeah. So give us again a little bit of the itinerary that you did and then where you're looking to go and kind of the reasons behind those certain areas. Well, we we wanted to go to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So we went to Fiji because like getting to the the South Pacific Islands is easiest from New Zealand. So instead of taking another trip some other time to go just to Fiji, we were like, well, we'll just do it on the way to New Zealand because it is. Yeah, let's start there first. Yeah. We tried staying in like hostels and dorm rooms when we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided that's not really our thing. Not really. Not unless we could get a private. But they weren't trip. bad. No, no. Just not for us. It was our first experience with, you know, hostels or dorm type sleeping arrangements. And in Fiji, that's, you know, it's inexpensive there. And they're fine. It's just... uh we've decided it's not necessarily for us and we'll avoid it when we can, but only for reasons other than that we're kind of, we like... We like more space. More space, a little bit of privacy, I'm, you know. When we have to work all the time in our yes, room. it's mostly the working that has stopped that. Not to say that people can't. There are plenty of people who are used to working with other people around or working in cafes or whatever. Um, especially on our first stop, we weren't quite used to that yet. So yeah. the dorms were hard to work in, but... Yeah. Past that, we've just tried to get like longer term accommodations. In New Zealand, it was cheaper for us to rent a camper van. We went in the off season. So we rented a camper van and drove around that way. And it's actually a lot cheaper like to rent a camper van and do that than it is to like get hotels all through because hotels in New Zealand are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like let's New Zealand, would you be able to find a lower level hotel for a hundred bucks? Yeah, probably. If you're lucky, kind of, right? We I mean, in Auckland for sure. Um, we found a place that was uh, sixty dollars a night mm-hmm. in Auckland. That was a really cute little place, but we we found a deal. It was a sale. You know, yeah, it was normally. on I think sale. Like regular price was like a little over a hundred, maybe or maybe yeah. just at a hundred. But once you do all the math of like all the different hotel rooms and all the buses to get all over the country and all the food, because eating out in New Zealand is expensive. It was cheaper for us to get a camper van with a little kitchen and cook all our own food, and then we could go wherever we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to the flexibility, it was – we didn't know we were doing the camper van until maybe a week before we got to New Zealand. <laughs> we knew we were going to New Zealand. We had our tickets already. A whole um, bunch of people we met in Fiji were like, if you're going to New Zealand, you have to get a camper van. Yeah, and then it just it just made sense. We did a little bit of research on where – or on, you know, what the standard hotels cost – um, we looked into Airbnb long-term, long-term Airbnb rentals. Which um, are still pretty expensive still in New Zealand. Still pretty expensive. You know, I looked into the camper van stuff and it just made sense. Instead of staying in one place in New Zealand, which we hear, you know, we had heard that the whole country is beautiful and you have to see everything. So instead of staying in, you know, Auckland or wherever for one month or three weeks or whatever, it just made sense. It was cheaper to get the camper van and we got to see so many things. So... Um, 
New Zealand's awesome. Yeah. What did the camper van end up running? Did you rent it for a month? We rented it, it for like 24, 24, 25 days was the official like. $700? No, it was cheaper uh, because it was the off season. It was some special where they were doing it like every, every five days you get a free day. The rental itself was like just maybe five thirty, five forty. So and then there was a credit card processing fee that jumped it to like six hundred, and then I mean six hundred dollars for three and a half weeks. Yeah, six hundred dollars for three and a half weeks in New Zealand is and insane, gas wasn't that bad, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, what you're looking at in essence thirty bucks a night, a little less than thirty bucks a night yeah. for yeah. a camper van. Yeah. yeah, and then we got to cook all our own food. Yeah, because so we, we saved had a, kitchen. a lot of money there. Tons of money. It's so expensive in New Zealand. Most of the camper vans have kitchens, whether or not you have to go outside and open up the hatch to use them. Ours was a a self-contained, you know, we could cook inside, thankfully, because it was cold. We Um, didn't expect it to be that cold in New Zealand. (laughs) Another tip for packing, you can buy it when you get there. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely true. We have done that every stop of our trip. If we just needed something, we just bought new ones. It doesn't matter. You can find it. I found jeans in the middle of Cambodia in a market. Like, you can find it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, I think, the biggest way is saving money in New Zealand. We knew it was an expensive place, but we just, we took the time to look into our options and kind of see what made sense for us. And, you know, you don't want to do something if it's not going to be fun. But, you know, if it wasn't for being flexible or taking the time to look into our options, we never would have done the camper van. We would have just done a rental at Airbnb or something similar and just stuck with that, which I'm sure it would have been great, but not nearly as great as what experience we did have. Right. And kind of taking it from other travelers, you know, as you make your way around the world, wherever you are in the world, there's going to be other travelers. And so it's always fun to kind of ask them and say, where did you go? What did you do? You've been through this country. I mean, if you're in that region, like here in Thailand, you know, you talk to any travelers like, oh, they're going down to Bangkok, then they're going to islands and they're going to Cambodia and they're going, I mean, it's just a very well-worn tourist path or traveler path i guess and there's always people around and they're always giving you different advice Mm -hmm. and usually you can kind of rely on them for if you're in hostels or quote-unquote boutique resorts like we are but (laughs) that are cheaper you just ask people most of these people are kind of in the same vein they want to have good experiences they want to have authentic experiences but they don't want to break the bank to stay at a $300 a night Shangri-La in the middle of Chiang Mai. Yeah. yeah. And it's been really interesting cuz in the states it's very almost like taboo to ask people how much something cost. You know, like oh, like you got a new car, you know, like you want to know how much they paid for it, but you know, you don't really want to ask. So you only ask if they're like your really good friend, but you meet these random strangers at the hostels and they're like, Oh, you've been there. And this is like the first words they're saying to you. Oh, you've been there. How much did that cost? And it's no big deal. Nobody cares. Like everybody just shares what they've been spending. And it's actually been very helpful. It's been so helpful. Yeah. And for you guys then after New Zealand, and I do think that's the way to do it after you guys have, talk to me about the camp fan and others have shared that it just seems like an awesome experience and a cheaper experience than if you were to stay in hotels or yeah. or even hostels it's, or anything especially you could find in them. the off season then you went over to cambodia and everyone who listens to this podcast knows one of my loves is house sitting and yeah. you scored a house sit and this is really cool to me because this part of the world, Southeast Asia and Asia in general, doesn't have a lot of house sits come up or didn't used to, but we have since in the last six months... Seen a lot. Seen a lot really start to take hold, which is great because it used to be, oh, great, you want to go to Australia? There's a million house sits. Yeah. The UK, a million house sits. Canada has a decent amount. And even the US is starting to pick up on it. But mm-hmm. you know, there were some of these further flung places that didn't have a lot of house sits. And when you told me you got one in Cambodia, I was super excited because I'm like, oh, that that's neat. I've never seen one in Cambodia. Yeah, we haven't seen one since. Yeah, so tell us about the house sit in Cambodia and about your experiences housing in general because that's one of the things, major tools that you're using, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say trick, but major ways of traveling that you're going to be saving a lot of money on this 12-month trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we when we were in Portland, we saw the... I have trusted house sitters send me emails every time someone posts a new uh, thing, so I get a million emails. You can do like the Daily Digest if you want, but I like my million emails. Um, and I saw the one for Cambodia, and I think about five minutes later, Chris was applying for it because we were going to be in this part of the world. We were like, that's the right time frame. It's the right part of the world. Like, whatever, just give it a shot, uh, see if it works. 
and it did. We ended up getting the house sit. Um, it was for two geese, three ducks, and a rooster, yep. <laughs> which was a little odd. Um, but it was in Siem Reap, which is where uh, the anchor Wat temples are, which are amazing. You should go. Stunning. So, stunning. My just, favorite thing I've ever seen in this world. I think still. That, awesome. that and the lantern release last night are like our two favorite, favorite things that yep. we've seen. But so we, it was a house. It was an expat from the United States. She was going home to visit her family for a month, um, her and her fiance, and they needed someone to watch the flock, as they call them. The flock. Um, so we applied and we really fleshed out our trusted house sitter profile, which I think is very important to mm-hmm. make sure you have a lot of information on there. We have a really cool video. Chris used to be a pet sitter, so that helped our uh, yeah our credentials. Throwing that up there on the profile, letting them know that I you know have yeah. experience with looking after a bunch of different animals. Or- we got everybody we had ever watched. Like I watched my friends fish once in college, and I was like, "Hey, leave me a review." <laughs> yeah, like they don't. You're not lying. It, they, you know, they're giving you a review for watching their pet, or you know, house sitting for them while they went on vacation or whatever. So, and you can do character references and employer yeah, references. It's not, it's not so. just for experience watching houses. They have employer and character, like she said. So I actually, it was the first Trusted House Sitter podcast you did. I listened to it and then I signed up for, like, immediately. Yeah, like we I f- were, As soon as the podcast ended, we were on the website. We were on the website signing up. And since then, we've gotten two. So we have that one in Cambodia and then we have one over Christmas in Cyprus for a really nice man named John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you guys are unfamiliar with what we're chatting about, we've done, we'll link up. Actually, Tiffany will help me link That's right, up I will. the podcast that we've done on trust on, on house sitting in general. We've done one with Delene Hack. We've done one with Andy Peck, who's the founder of TrustedHouseSitters.com. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that we use, that I use predominantly. I know you guys use is TrustedHouseSitters.com. And if you're unfamiliar with the whole concept, it's basically people go away and they need someone to watch your house or their animals or what have you. You know, you go and they don't pay you and you don't pay to stay there most of the time. It's completely free. Yeah, well, And it's just this shared economy type. Thing. Yeah, what we did in Cambodia was she said that um, if we just exceeded their regular electric bill, that we would just pay the extra. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they, you know, they're traveling. They know they have certain house expenses, and they gave us money to pay the maid when the day came. Yeah, so you know, it, it just worked out in that sense where if we had quote unquote overstayed our general usage or however you want to state that then we would compensate them for it or whatever not not make their life any more difficult or more expensive than it would be if they were living there on their own yeah and in exchange we got to use their bicycles and they had motos we didn't end up using them but they had they told us it was fine we had a three-bedroom house in cm reap like to make food we had a kitchen the the husband or the fiance was a chef uh, so he had like an oven which is a very a rarity i found in southeast asia so we could make cookies (laughs) It it really is my favorite way of traveling, I think, because not only do you have the comforts of, of home, sometimes it's much nicer than your nice. own home. Yeah. <laughs> like when we house sat in Breckenridge, Colorado, yeah, I don't have a five-bedroom mansion at home in Philadelphia. Yeah. So much nicer than your regular home. And it's cool because you, as you guys mentioned, you ended up making kind of friends with them. So I Yeah, mean, we're friends on contacts. Facebook now. Like we chat. The wife runs a Move to Cambodia blog. And they just started doing food tours in Siem Reap. So, like, I'm constantly chatting with her, like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's this doing? We talk about travel hacking. She does travel hacking from Cambodia, which is really funny. So, when she went back to the States, she was getting all kinds of credit cards. (laughs) Those credit card runs to the States. Yeah, it's it's just a fantastic way. And so we'll link all that up. And, and I think you guys, you know, I've beaten it to death sometimes on the podcast, but it's because I love it so much. But it's so awesome. It's fantastic. And and you guys, so you're going to do one over Christmas in Cyprus yeah. for two, and, two and, and a half weeks. weeks. Two and a yeah. half weeks. Christmas and New Year's. Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And then you're open to other things that come up because yeah. the rest of your itinerary is a... Well, it's, you, you have some gaps, I guess we should say. Yeah. Right? I, whenever I get the emails, I just, I kind of scroll through the dates. And if the dates mesh with some plan, like some time that we don't have plans, then I look at the house and see. And then we've just been applying to whichever ones fit our time frame. So hopefully we'll end up with more before we end up going home. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're going to the UK. Yeah. The UK so is expensive. There. Well, there's also <laughs> so many opportunities to house sit there. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you guys have done then? to save money while you're traveling because the house sitting one is huge if you don't have to pay for accommodations even if you're in somewhere cheap like yeah thailand cambodia you can get a decent place for 
you know, if you're going monthly, 500 yeah. a month, even without even knowing what you're doing, right? Yeah, you can but, get it. But I could also spend that $500 a month on something else, like a photo tour in Cambodia, which was exactly. really cool. Yeah. This one's actually, it's small, but it's been so helpful. Before we left, part of our uh, preparation, we'd heard about these, uh, the Charles Schwab bank accounts. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, they, so they have this investor account that you have, you can open an investor account and with that comes a checking account that actually has, they reimburse you on all their ATM fees because they don't have their own ATMs throughout, I, w- I was going to say country, but I guess the world. Um, so they reimburse you on ATM fees and that includes ATM fees abroad. So instead of having to spend, you know, like if we're somewhere for a month and you have to take out money maybe four or five times, it's little, but it saves you like 25 to 30 bucks here and there. And it's it's just been really helpful. So in one way, we're saving money on ATM fees. In another way, we're not accidentally taking out too much money so we don't can avoid those fees. And then when we have to leave, we have to convert it back and lose some with the conversion rate. It's a small thing, but it's been very helpful. I've also started tracking every single penny that we spend. I have an app on my phone and I just, I put it in there. Um, even if it's not on stuff for travel, like Chris bought a new phone because he wanted one. So like that's on the expenses list. So when you look at the expenses for the country, like it might look higher than it actually was like to stay there. But even just writing down what we're spending has made us so much more aware, I think, of yeah. what we're spending. Yeah. So that's, that's helped a lot. Yeah. The Charles Schwab one is one of the things that, I was mentioning to these guys the other day that it's so funny in Thailand that it's 150 baht, basically $5 to take money out of ATM, which here, you know, in the US, you know, you get, you get nicked $5 if you're at like somewhere fancy or something. Usually it's like two bucks. But in Thailand, five bucks is like three meals. Yeah. It could yeah. be three meals. It could be yeah. five meals. Could yeah. Be five, so, depending on where you're eating. So I was, I always get a, I always get upset because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much money, you know, so much bot to, to, to get money out. And you guys were like, well, why don't you just have the Charles Schwab account? And I thought, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So, um, definitely something that I will be doing and, and I think is great for anyone traveling because yeah. as you mentioned, it's, it's a little thing. But it it all adds up, and well, it I saves like, you a lot of stress. It saves yeah. you stress, and I like the the point you made too, Chris. Is that you know now when I'm taking money out, I know it's going to be five dollars every time I take it. I'm thinking, well, how can I budget it exactly right? You well, you're no it, you're not going to be able yeah. to. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a little thing. What else have you guys done? Because I know that you're on the travel hacking bandwagon. So let's talk a little bit about flights because we talked about accommodations. Where you save money. Uh, real quick to touch on that, staying somewhere for a month, it, even if you cheaper. are renting, yes, way cheaper. Because we, and you can negotiate. You yeah. can like at least t- places like here. At least Southeast places Asia. in Southeast Asia, you'd be like, "Well, I'm going to stay for a month," and then the price drops down low, and then you're like, "Well, but it's the off season. Like, can you take a little bit off that too, you know?" And you can kind of wiggle your way into cheaper places. Yeah. Case in point, you guys are here in, in a much bigger room than we have in the same place, but you have a suite. So as a kitchen and living room, but you're, you've been here for a month. Or you will have been here for a month and it ended up coming out to what? $600, like yeah. roughly $20 yeah. a night. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the room we're in is, is much smaller. It's fine, but we've been paying $30 a night because we haven't been here for a month. Long yeah. Term, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you, if you are traveling and you can afford to travel slow and you have the time, even if it's a week or two weeks, you can even negotiate down the price. Yeah. Especially if, as you mentioned, you're not here during the peak season where they know, well, if they give your room up, someone else is going to come in. I mean, there's basically no one here at this resort yeah. other than like the three rooms that we're all occupying and a few <laughs> random people. So you can easily negotiate. Yeah. So, all right, accommodations, we've touched on that. What about the flights? Because flights are the, that's the big killer, right? Yes. Yeah, it yeah. costs a lot if you're not using miles. So right after we decided to go on this trip, I had been following Chris Gillibo. So he does a lot of travel hacking. So I was like, okay. I'm going to start, I'm going to try this thing because it seems a little mysterious and like it shouldn't really work, but I'll, I'll start slow and I have good credit. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try it. And I got Chris in on it. We got the continental cards right before continental closed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our first really big, like, wait, we should do this because otherwise we'll miss out. And then over the two years, we just started like slowly trying each new thing that came up. And now we have like a whole system in place for paying our bills. Like my mom does the bluebird thing at home to pay all the bills for the house. So we're getting we're getting tons of miles while we travel just because I have someone at home <laughs> managing everything for me. Yeah. And again, my mom's awesome. So. 
Yeah, we've created a monster here. So you guys do <laughs> a little bit. You do the credit cards. You open the credit cards. You get the yeah. miles. As as a lot of people listening will know, you mm-hmm. know that's the easiest way. And then you also do do as you mentioned. You're doing some manufactured spending yeah. while you're away because your mom's going to the store for you and doing Bluebird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she she pays all her bills that way. I taught her how to do it, and I made her um, I made her an authorized user on all my credit cards. So get someone she, you trust. You get someone you trust. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to run, especially because you're out of the country. Yeah. They could rack it up right in two days. So and then, whoops. We, uh, we gave her access to everything and we just told her like, this card has five times the points on groceries. This card has two times the points on gas. So like, you know, like just use these cards for these things. And she goes on. We, she has all her passwords. So again, someone you trust. Uh, and she pays them all off like what she uses. And then we use the cards abroad whenever we can mm-hmm. and we pay them off. If you are in a different country and like the Chase Freedom does five times the points on gas sometimes, it's it's worth it to pay the uh, foreign transaction fee on the Chase Freedom card because it still equals less than a cent per mile. Right. So we we were you're getting five and you're paying whatever two percent. Yeah. On the yeah it's like a dollar or something. Yeah. So it's still really worth it. Um, and all the gas for the camper van we got five times the points on <laughs> the whole time we were there. We I don't even know how many times we filled up because we drove around the whole country more or less. Yeah. So um, that was good. That's awesome because I've always thought, do you get the bonus categories on credit cards abroad? Yep. And yeah, as yep. long as it's yeah, you do as long as it's tagged as you know gas or whatever mm-hmm. then I've, you get it i've heard that you can call chase too and tell them like like you didn't tag this as a hotel because they were tagging some of the campsites with the camper van they would tag as travel and some of them they wouldn't oh, yeah. um so yeah. i was looking into it and supposedly i never did it but supposedly you can call chase and they'll re-tag items for you if you can prove to them that they actually do fit in the bonus categories too and what cards are you guys using here abroad because it's obviously important that people get cards with no foreign transaction yeah. fee which ones are your go-to cards abroad then? Um, we got the Sapphire Preferred yeah, right before we left. Both of us are using the, the Sapphire Preferred. Um, and then I have my Chase Freedom card, which does have foreign transaction fees, but it does five times the points like every quarter. And since I have the Sapphire, I can transfer the points over. They do restaurants one of the quarters every year. So that quarter, I'll put all of our restaurant spending on that card because it's, like Again, I said, it's, it's worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you were able to use miles then for your main flight, right? Like your first flight. We did miles. uh, We did from Seattle to Fiji on miles with a stopover in Los Angeles for three days. And that one was like 60,000 miles for both of us and $60. And one way, one way tickets to Fiji are about $1,800 a piece. Yes. We saved a ton of money. We saved a lot of money. So $1,720 in essence. Yeah. Per person. person. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy. And, and that's why when people are telling me like, Oh, well, is it worth it? All the crazy stuff you do to get miles. And I think. You have to use it on the right ticket. Yeah, yeah. And if you do, and and as you mentioned, you were able to get a stopover in Los Angeles. So people are unfamiliar with the idea of a stopover. It just basically means you can take two vacations for the price of one because you're allowed to stop somewhere, stay somewhere for X amount of days up to literally a year and then go on to your final destination. So it could have been, you, you guys stopped in LA, but it could have been stopping in New Zealand on your way to Fiji or or what have you. There's a yeah, lot of crazy depending on how we take. did the ticket. Yeah. yeah, and then we also did. Uh, we bought our tickets from Fiji to New Zealand because it was like the math worked out better that way. And then we did miles from New Zealand to Cambodia, and those tickets were like thirty five thousand miles for both of us and fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, not so, fifty each. Like no, 50, fifty total. total yeah. So we saved a lot of money there too because those tickets were also like in nine hundred to a thousand dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. So I, wow. I didn't think it would be that expensive, but apparently New Zealand and Southeast Asia are farther apart than I had originally yeah. anticipated. They, were, they, they look so close like on the map. Flights, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is all stuff that we learned on the the freaking flyer boot camp, like how to use the miles and the concept of a stopover and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of cool to see it all come to life, you know. And we would tell our friends, we're going to Fiji. They're like, okay, cool. We're like, we paid 60 bucks for the tickets. And they're like, whoa, tell us more about that. And so that so, much makes everybody pause. And they're like, so teach me. So teach me the ways of, of how to do this. Yeah, um, well, so it's, it's obviously cool. it's great for me too because having, you know, having the knowledge is great, but then getting to share it with people is 
is super fun because you know some people are going to take it and run with it. And then actually getting to see people take it and run with it and do stuff that even you, like I know how to do, but sometimes I'm like, Tip, wait, how did you route this way to go through here? Because, <laughs> you know, the rules are always changing. So it's really awesome to be able to see people who've gone through boot camp or have, you know, listened to the podcast or read the site and then they actually get out there and do it because, mm-hmm. You know, our Facebook group for Frequent Flyer Bootcamp is amazing. Has people doing crazy stuff yeah. like stuff. Hey, can you do this, this, this is? I'm like, well, I think technically you should be able to. And then they try it and then they tell us how they did it. And yeah. It's and like, a that's wealth of knowledge. When the vanilla reloads went down and there was someone on the bootcamp who was like, if you have a Simon Mall near you, you can still do this in a different manner. It's actually cheaper. And I knew I was like, wait a minute. The Avenues Mall is a Simon Mall. I always see those ads. Let me go try it. And I, I never, I would have given up on the yeah, vanilla reload. I wouldn't have had the manufactured spend. Thing. And it was, I mean, we get like 2,500 points a month or something doing that. So Yeah, which will end up coming out to, you know, a free round trip ticket in the US or yeah. a one-way ticket between Fiji or New Zealand and Southeast Asia or what have you. Exactly. It's for, totally worth it. For doing nothing. and Essentially and, paying your bills. Yeah. You and I, I'm with you guys. It, it's cool to have a small group of people doing things because you're not going to try everything, especially if you're traveling. Like people will ask me what I do, you know, outside of credit cards, what are the crazy things you do to get points? And I say, well, not really that much right now because we're not in the state. So it becomes much harder unless you mm-hmm. have like a super awesome mom who- <laughs> who's who's currently like going to try out the, the new target thing for us. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. The fact that, and I like this story that you so, told Tiff of, I took my mom out with me before we left. Yeah, for we like had training weeks. sessions. <laughs> we did. I We had two months. The first month I just took her with me and I was like, let's go to the mall. I'll show you how to get the gift cards. I'll take you to Walmart and show you how to load the gift cards. And then the month afterward, I made her do it by herself and I just tagged along. So she had to ask me all her questions and stuff so that she would be totally prepared when we weren't there anymore. It's like when you get that new employee behind the register and like the (laughs) the current employee just standing behind them. Yeah, I was was that person, like teaching her how to deal with the people at Walmart. (laughs) It's so cool. It's so cool. So it's so cool to see the travel hacking being put to use. And, you know, as we said Frequent Fire Bootcamp is open for registration. So if you guys are interested, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash ffbootcamp. Go to that link because then you get this special like audio gift that I'm going to give to this podcast people because I know you like hearing my voice. You should totally do it, guys. It was it saved us so much money. Like I am so happy we did it. Yeah. And Tiff, I know you know a question I have to ask because it's always one of my favorite <laughs> questions to ask podcast guests. Hmm, what could it be? And I want to know about a travel mistake, mishap, whatever we want to call it, something that's happened in these last four months that you look back on and you think, wow, either that was like really funny, really brutal, you know, whatever. But looking back, it's a it's an experience that you guys are not going to forget. Uh, we've had two particularly bad ones. Uh, they were both in both Fiji. In Fiji. <laughs> One time we got on the wrong bus. Every All the locals told me I was on the right bus. First night in Fiji. First night. First night there. Like the bus station is decrepit. The buses are old. They're packed full of people. We're stuck in the back. So I can't even like get up to the front to ask the driver. The biggest thing is that they don't tell you where they're going. They There's don't tell no you where they're going. On the bus. So the, the people sitting next to me had... They figured out that I was going to the wrong place. It took us like half the bus ride for us to figure out where we were going and that we were on the wrong bus. And we finally, they had to get off, but they sat us up near the front because everyone had gotten off by then and the, told the driver where to let us off and what we needed to do. So he pulls up to this corner in the middle, like we were staying up in the country with a local from Airbnb, sugar cane everywhere, like taller than us, no street lights. And he tells us to get off the bus and walk up this road. We've no, we no idea where we are. It's pitch black dark. There's cars just Chris, like. Chris, this is your first day basically oh, yeah. out of the country. First night. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? Our phones, our phones are almost dead. One month dead. of this. And like, we don't want to use the flashlights on the phone because they're going to die. Yeah, we didn't, we packed a flashlight with us. But we didn't bring it with us. we didn't bring us. it in our like day packs. Now it's in our day pack. So yeah, if you have a, you never know when you're going to need it. Pack a flashlight, put it in your day pack. And so I. We walked for a little bit and we were like, no way. We can't just keep walking up this random street in the middle of the night. Like, with, there's like ditches on both yeah, sides of the I mean, road. Like, we're afraid the, we're going to fall we in. We could have fallen into some like stream or whatever. Broken so, your leg, yeah, laying knows. on the side of the road. <laughs> so we, we go back to the intersection and we, I call our host and I'm like spelling out the name on the street sign because he couldn't 
understand me when I was trying to say it because it's not it's not Nassau. It was Nassau. Nassau. It was like the way you said it, and Nassau wasn't working too southern for him. So he has no idea where we are, and he's like, he's telling us to walk to the right, but the bus driver was telling us to walk to the left. So we're like, well, do we really do we really trust this guy? Because he was always high. <laughs> well, it seemed like he was anyway. You know, so we we didn't really know if we should trust him. And then this bus drove by, an empty bus, and he stopped, and he was like. He was like, are you guys lost? And we were like, yes, here's yes. the phone. We're like- so lost. Because we were talking to to our host at the time when the bus pulled up. So and we, we just, just like thrust the phone into the bus driver's <laughs> hand. We're like, can you please talk to him and figure out where we're at? And so then that bus driver, he he took us to the where we recognized. And he let us off like almost in front of the house. He was like, you guys just looked so lost. <laughs> we're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Turns out the original way that we were walking... It would have been right. It would have been right, but it was seriously like a mile and a half. Maybe. We never would so have it made wasn't that far. just up the road. No, no. it was a, it was up the road, but in the pitch black dark. <laughs> I love that that was your first day out of the country. Like, what were you thinking when you th- when you got there and you're like, "Well, this is my first experience being abroad, and here I am, lost in the middle of Fiji." I was silently freaking out in my head. I knew, <laughs> I knew that when we were on this bus, we still weren't sure where we were going and tiffany was doing a great job at asking people you know if they knew how to get to we had a we had a landmark the landmark was this orchid farm um, and everybody knew where the orchid farm was because i guess it's pretty popular there so that helped us and we would say we need to get near the orchid farm i think if we were outside the orchid farm even though it was our first night we could figure out how to get back to this place but i was sitting on the bus trying not to show how nervous i was I think um, I just went into like full like fix it mode. I was like, okay, one thing at a time. <laughs> like, yeah. what's next? How do we fix this? Is so this then, man next to me seems nice and he speaks pretty good English? Like, let me like harass him to figure out where I am. Yeah. So we get off the bus and we start walking towards this, you know, pitch black emptiness. And I'm I'm just thinking, this isn't right. We're we're gonna have to knock on somebody's door out in the countryside and be like. Can we and stay here or can you get us to where we need to go? Like we don't know where we're at. Yeah. We're lost. Little did we know it was a it was the harvesting season for sugarcane and our host was telling us that that's actually when a lot of um like robberies happen out in the country because the people from inland Fiji come out to help with the harvesting and they're they're only there for like a month. So they just like come out of the sugarcane and rob you. I think he was trying to like He's scare, us, trying to scare us, but it was still a little nerve wracking because we were like, "Oh no!" We're walking by all this tall sugarcane in the dark, you know. <laughs> um, it was it was scary, but then as soon as we found out where we were going, you know, the relief set in, um, and it was just funny. And then we just started laughing about it, you know. The whole thing so was, it was hilarious. It was. I was nervous. I was scared. But it didn't last long. You know, once everything worked out, and even if it hadn't of, it's not like we would have died or anything. Um, <laughs> or so you think. Or so we think. <laughs> but it is, it's always awesome to have a, a partner with you because that happens to both of us. Like, like there'll be times where I'm silently or maybe not even so silently, like <laughs> freaking out and Heather will just take command and get it done mm-hmm. or vice versa. Now she's usually when she's freaking out, like I usually know. And then I'll just go into mode of like, well, I'm just going to get this done. Like, obviously she's freaking out and, and, but I'm not for whatever reason this time. So let's, but you should be, you know, you should yeah, be but like, let's take the steps to figure it out. And so I'm the calm one. It's funny how it flip flops at different times and yeah. how you can really rely on someone else. And if you see someone else that, that you love, like starting to panic or just getting upset, how it cal- it almost mm. calms you down because yeah. you're like, I have to take charge now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were actually leaving uh, the Los Angeles airport to head to Fiji. I was having a breakdown. It was like super, now it was like super happening. You know, we were about to get on this plane. We knew our return wasn't supposed to be for about a year. We were like leaving the country. We were leaving the country and going on this trip. And I just looked at Chris and I was like, this is the stupidest thing we have ever done. And like, this was my idea. And I think we're idiots. Basically, this whole thing was her idea. And we're about (laughs) to go on this trip. We're about to leave. And and now she's kind of freaking out. And she's, she's like, why are we doing this? This is dumb. And I was the one who never left the country. I was the one who was like, well, Come on, this is something we're going to do together. We're here. One, it was your idea. Two, it'll be okay. We're doing this together. We're experiencing it's new stuff. It's going to be great. And I, I don't, 
It was, I don't know if that helped, but I feel like it did. It was just hilarious. I then got on the plane and slept for 10 hours straight. Like I woke up in Fiji and was fine. But Well, you had one more mishap that you already <sighs> told me about, but this is this boggles my mind a little bit. I don't think I've had any situation this dire. I I guess not, not dire, dire because you're dire. not gross. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're not like going to die. Okay. So but yeah, this disgusting or maybe Ugh, uncomfortable. So tell these terrible. guys cuz this is again Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. Fiji's a funny place. So everything in Fiji is like in a state of almost broken. Like it doesn't get fixed until it is broken. So up until that moment, they still use it. We went from the main island, Vitu Levu. We went out to this island called Taviuni. And to go, it's like a 22-hour ferry ride to go out there. And we Pretty were, much. You can fly, but it's way cheaper it's to do the so the much ferry. cheaper to do the ferry. So Which you'll find out why. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so we had talked to a couple. This is the one time we maybe shouldn't have taken advice from people we met at a hostel. Uh, we met a couple from Denmark who had told us that they went on this ferry and it wasn't so bad and whatever. So we decided to go. And we get on the ferry. It's the ferry showed up like three or four hours late. Yeah, it was so already they, late. They they had told us to show up later, but they hadn't told anybody else. It seemed like so there were people coming in from Nady who had been at the ferry terminal for already like six or seven hours by the time the ferry pulled in. So the ferry pulls in. It takes them about an hour to unload all the cargo because it's a cargo ship. And everybody files on, and we all have to leave our bags downstairs. And all the Fijians are just going and putting their bags on these pallets under the stairs. Like, no, they don't seem to care, like, that they're just leaving their stuff. So, but we did it, and we're fine, I yeah, guess. We didn't, we didn't want to separate from our luggage, you know. But we didn't see really another choice. So yeah. we, we put the bags down there, and we go into the ferry. And all the Fijians have brought, like, mats, and because they, they all know what's going on. They knew what to expect. We did not. They all spread these mats on the floor and instantaneously go to sleep, like all over the floor. These thick blankets too. Yeah, they brought blankets and pillows and everything. And so we we wander around trying to find a a spot. It was us, uh, a couple of German people that we had met, and a, a man from Argentina who was really awesome. So we all kind of banded together in the ferry terminal, and then we went on together, and we found a spot. And they make you take your shoes off when you get on the ferry. And it's like the most disgusting carpet ever. There's no reason to take <laughs> your shoes off. So I was really glad I was wearing socks. Um, and so we finally find a spot. And like there's chairs, but they're not very comfortable. You can't sleep in them. And we had left our sheet in the bag that we had downstairs. So we didn't have anything to put down on the ground. So we ended up laying on the, this gross carpet. And the room was freezing cold. And there were cockroaches everywhere. They were just crawling on the floor. Like I fell asleep for most of the ferry ride. I did. Thank goodness. Um, but I kept having to wake up and like look around me to make sure like bugs weren't crawling on me. It was disgusting. The ferry didn't leave the terminal in Suva for like two hours after it was supposed to. So we didn't leave till like one in the morning. Yeah. So we were just sitting on this boat waiting to leave for three or four hours. And the whole trip ended up, they said it was like 21 hours. The whole trip ended up being closer to like 26 or 27 hours. I didn't really, really rough water. Yeah. I didn't know this, but I apparently get very seasick. Tiffany got seasick too. I did too. We both were feeling sick. And I think what made it worse is the, the bathrooms were terrible. They, there was a smell coming out of them. Well, like the men's bathroom had urinal cakes everywhere. So you couldn't even walk by the door without like wanting to gag like the doors were closed and you could walk by the bathrooms <laughs> and it just if you're feeling sick already it kind of just made you want to you know want to puke right then and there but you didn't want to go into the bathroom and spend time in there every time that i had to actually use the bathroom you try to do it holding your breath you know because it just if you take a full breath you're gonna choke on it the one time i was actually sick i i walked i walked into the women's bathroom and i like i almost didn't make it past the door because it smelled so bad. And then I was in there and there were like roaches all around the sink. The doors to like the stalls had rusted through on the bottom. Like from there was just water sloshing there was around just inside the water sloshing around in the bathroom. And like they were at least hanging from the walls like the stalls were. And it was just so it was so terrible. It was so terrible. And then we had to do it we again. Do it again <laughs> yeah, that's back. the worst. You guys should know, like Chris and Tiff are not prima donnas in any sense <laughs> so if you don't know them it's not like oh it was just okay and they're making no, a big deal they can terrible. put up with a lot of stuff it was it was the worst thing and then you t- you got to the islands and then eventually 
you had to turn around and do it again, knowing what was coming. So did that make it worse or better? Um, it, it was a little better, I think. We uh, we tried to sneak into first class. We had some people who, with the some of the same people who were with us who went with us on the way there. They left the island the same time we did, and they had convinced us to sneak into first class. Well, the problem... One person had a ticket. Yeah, one person had a ticket. We would have bought first class tickets. Like, let me just... It was only like $15 more. Knowing what we were in store for, we We, were like, we're going to buy first class tickets. Yeah, there were no bugs in first class. That was really the only difference, but I was okay with it. Um, It wasn't as cold or loud. Yeah, it wasn't as cold either. It didn't smell quite as bad. So we didn't have enough money, like cash, because we were on an island that doesn't have electricity all day long. It's all solar solar powered. So once it runs out, it runs out for the day. So... They had an issue with the ATM and the ATM was broken. There was one ATM on the whole island and it was broken. And (laughs) they had to wait for someone to come on the ferry from Suva to fix fix the ATM. So we couldn't get cash to like buy tickets to first class. Yeah, we had just enough to buy the return like lowest class tickets, but we would have bought a first class. Yeah, so we snuck into first class. We were there for maybe half the trip, but we got kicked out. Uh, They they figured us out. they figured us out pretty fast. Yeah. We, they just didn't want to be They were they trying not to be, to be rude. rude and kick us out, but eventually like once we stopped at one of the cities to unload or one of the ports to unload and then like continue the journey, that's when they were like, "Okay, we know you guys are here. You have to leave now. Go back downstairs." Yeah. But by that time there was nowhere everyone had already claimed their spot downstairs. So we were just kind of wandering around. I think Tiffany was getting frustrated at me cuz I wouldn't just pick a spot, but I didn't want to just like lay next to some random people cuz <laughs> They all seemed to have their spots, you know, and they had whole families with them. We didn't want to, like, lay in their family space or whatever. But at least this time we had the sheet. So we could, like, yeah. I rolled myself, like, as a burrito on the ground so the bugs couldn't get to me. Yeah. And <laughs> I think one thing we forgot to mention is that they had a television in the the main room where everybody slept with all the chairs and the, the floor. And they would play these movies, but they would play them at, like, the highest volume possible. And they were all just bad American action movies. movies. The problem is they only had like three. (laughs) So for like the whole 24 hours, they just played the same three movies over and over again at the highest volume possible. So like I couldn't sleep one due to comfort and seasickness and two because it's just too loud. And there was only enough room for really one of us to lay on the floor. So I let Tiffany sleep because I knew she could. He's amazing. It was better. It was better knowing what we were in store for and the fact that we got to sit in first class for... The At first half. half. Of it. And it's, you know, it wasn't much better, but again, no bugs, no smell, no loud action movies. Um, well, I'm glad that you guys did this whole Fiji thing before us. So that yeah. if now we know if we're going to take the ferry. Don't do it. Yeah. Do, a, don't do it. B, if <laughs> you have to, to, first, first class. class is worth yeah. It. It's, yeah. It's like $15 more in its weight. Oh, it's great having you guys as guinea pigs. We'll just follow <laughs> you around, follow you around the world on your honeymoon as you figure out what to do. So. That's right. That's a, that's a hell of a way to spell your honeymoon. <laughs> is, if, if you do have time and you are going to Fiji and you do plan on going out towards Taviuni or Kamea Island, the ferry is not the only way to get there. We mentioned you can fly, but it is quite a bit more expensive. But apparently, at least right now, Fiji Airways does every Friday they have like special local deals. Before our return trip, we were just hoping that the local deal to like Suva would pop up or not Suva, but to yeah, anywhere to, else. We were like, maybe we can get lucky and catch a deal. No deal that was applicable popped up. But if you have time and you're planning on visiting Fiji, look into those because you can, you know, you can fly from one island to another for like 60 to 80 bucks on yeah, a special Yeah, it's way deal. cheaper. And um, not have to deal with a cockroach and infested not, ferry. And the ferry was oh like seventy five dollars, I think. So like, if you can get an eighty dollar flight for right. like one hour to fly somewhere, like two hours to fly somewhere, as opposed to twenty six seven hours on a rocky, rusty cockroach boat, then <laughs> I think the worst. It thing can is, only go up though. The worst. It can only go up from yeah, there. Really, it can. That was the worst thing I have ever experienced. I think the best thing about it though is they tried to give it like this nice sounding name. Yeah. It's like, you know, all boats have names. It's like a boating tradition. I'm I'm not familiar with it, but they all have names. And this one was the the Lovamati Princess. It was not a princess. And they the kept ugly talking. Princess. Yeah, they kept talking. The ugly, ugly it. stepsister. You know, they, they kept like mentioning the name. They're like, We hope you enjoy your stay on the Lovamati Princess. And we're like, we just want to get off. <laughs> and all the pictures on the website, they make it look really nice. Yeah, because we, we looked at it on and the it's website. Not. We're like, okay, yeah, before we got our first tickets, we're like, this actually sounds kind of cool, you know? No. 
Well, it wasn't. It was not what we thought. Yeah. Well. Tiff and Chris, I really appreciate you guys coming on today, especially sharing that story so that no one else does the ferry ride. Unless you're used to stuff like that. We weren't used to it. It wasn't, you know. 26 hours is a long time. They were saying that the road, that it's never that rough. They were having weird winds from New Zealand coming in. So they were like, the water's never this rough. It never takes this long. It was extra choppy. But whatever. I don't believe them. (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being the first EPOP success story here on the podcast. And in the last, what is it, six days that we've spent together, you guys have already taught me a bunch, especially the Charles Schwab bank account. So thanks. No problem. And before I let you go, remind people, because you have a website set up just for your round-the-world honeymoon trip that I'm sure a lot of people want to check out. So how can they come find you? Um, It's littlebighoneymoon.com. No spaces, no dashes, no anything. Yeah, littlebighoneymoon.com. Littlebighoneymoon.com. We will link it in the show notes. (laughs) Tiffany may even link her own site in the show notes. So thanks again, guys, for coming on. If you listeners want to know more about their adventures, you can go to littlebighoneymoon.com. Of course, all the links that we talked about in this, everything that we discussed over this podcast is going to be linked up at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash honeymoon. And don't forget as well, we are always looking for your recommendations for guests or topics that you want us to cover. We're doing five times a week as Tiff knows well because yep. she's listening to them all. So if you have any suggestions on topics or guests, let me know. Trav at Extra Pack of Peanuts. You can tweet us at Pack of Peanuts as well. That'd be really, really helpful. Lastly, if you are interested in traveling more and spending less, if you want to make travel hacking, if you want to get into it and you don't know what you're doing, or if you've started doing it, you're collecting some points and you're like, well, how do I turn these into actually free flights like Chris and Tiffany did? 60 bucks to Fiji, 80 bucks to Cambodia, all that crazy stuff. You can join Frequent Fire Bootcamp. We just opened it up. It is limited to only 30 people though. So this week, we do expect it to sell out. So if you're listening to this live, go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash ffbootcamp. That way you'll get the free audio version that I'm going to send you guys just as podcast listeners. You won't regret it. Yeah. So thank you guys again for coming on. It was a lot of fun. It's so fun to do one with people in the same room. Yeah, you can gesture at us and we can actually like... And we Just can actually back. see it. I know. It's <laughs> great. It's great. So again, extrapackband.com slash FF Bootcamp if you want to get that. Tiff and Chris, I'm sad that you guys are leaving Chiang Mai. We'll have to go for a swim in our pool at the resort one last time. That's what we're doing right now. Yep. Until tomorrow, guys. Happy free travels. <laughs> <laughs>